0: This episode of the Youth Ministry United podcast is brought to you by G Shades. G Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy that is focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. And I know what you're thinking, Graham, I don't have the budget for a youth ministry curriculum. But I'll tell you this, guys. G-Shades has options to fit everybody, and I mean everybody. With three plans to choose from, and every single one of these plans has the resources that you need to do what you want to do, which is impact your students and to impact them better. So if you just need message outlines, a discussion guide for your small groups, and like a game... That plan is only $16 a month. Maybe you're looking for higher production value, like a bumper video before the message or an Instagram devotional or a parent guide so you can keep them informed on what you guys are teaching. That's only $25 a month. And, and let's say you want to step it up again and have a video curriculum that's going to help you increase your online reach during this pandemic and moving forward because we know all of our kids are online. G Shades has you covered for that. It's only $36 a month. You're not Not gonna find youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere else. And I'll tell you this, just from what I've downloaded and used myself, the content that they create is amazing. It is so excellent, so well done. The content is good. The outline messages are. Incredible! The bumper videos alone are worth thirty-six dollars a month. It just takes your messages. It takes your impact to the next level. You don't want to miss out on this. So, head to gshades.org to download season two of G Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum, and make sure you use the promo code United. That's U N I T E D, all uppercase. United at checkout to get an extra five dollars off. And remember, G Shades. It's about seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Welcome to the Youth Ministry United podcast, where our goal is to equip you, encourage you, and empower you to do all that God has called you to do in your youth ministry. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Youth Ministry United podcast. My name is Matt Bowman a.k.a. The Podfather. And there's no one else here to discredit my TikTok King nickname. So I'm the TikTok King today as well. Uh, I don't know why I'm the TikTok King. I've got 13.4 thousand views on one video and that's about it. Uh, I know nothing about TikTok. I shouldn't be talking about it even. So uh, enough about me. We've got a guest with us. Joseph Kellogg, what's up?
2: What is up, man? TikTok king. I did not know. Yeah. I, I've never done a TikTok. So uh, I know it's hard to say that if I'm in youth ministry, but uh, what's up, man? How'd you get that many youth with, with one TikTok? I have,
1: I have no idea. I honestly have no clue. I've just been, I post things out of like, I post stupid stuff, honestly, for the most part. And I posted something sharing the gospel and it it blew up a little bit for like- That's a, awesome. It blew up for a night and, and that was it. But uh, hey- um I know nothing about TikTok so still know nothing about it. So I probably shouldn't call myself that. Hey but, but it's all good.
2: right now you are to me you are the TikTok king. Way That's to right. go. That's right.
1: That's right. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Hey um so so let's start off here we ask all of our guests an icebreaker question. I I did not tell you this icebreaker question because I think it's best to hear your response on the spot. So this is kind of, let me just set this up real quick. This has kind of become like our Enneagram for this podcast. It tells us a lot about who you are. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. So here, here, here's your question. If you were staring any mammal face to face and this mammal can't move, just staring you in the face, it's not going to fight back. What mammal could you knock out with one punch?
2: I don't want to mess this up and, and try to get into my, uh, my thought of like, what is a mammal? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I I'm I'm trying to get stronger, but, uh, give me some examples, give me some mammal examples. Like what's, what's a, what's a strong mammal? What's a medium sized mammal?
1: You know, here, here's, here's some of our popular answers from our guests. We've, we've had anything from a cat. To to a human, to Mm. a sperm whale. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, yeah. You know, someone said they could knock out a well. Cool cool Carl from Sunday Cool said he could knock it off. Oh,
2: nice. You know, dude. Cool Carl would do that. Man, I I don't know. I'm not a violent person. I I don't see myself hitting a lot of mammals. I'm not a fan of cats, though. And so, I think I would land, and for all the listeners, I'm yes. sorry, but just cats. I like I, I got like some infection from a cat when I was a little kid, so I have a hatred towards cats. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would. I think I could destroy a cat with a with a nice little punch. Yeah. You know, solid. That's a solid answer.
1: And, and yeah. most of our most of our guests go with cat. I think it's probably because no one likes cats. Um, <laughs> you know, if there's any cat that's- listeners, you know, if there any of our listeners are cat lovers. You know we lost them,
2: so we yeah, lost them I mean, a We time. love you. We love you though. All people are welcome here on this podcast. That's, and that's right. what's crazy is there's moments though. I I have two dogs, and there's moments, and in they're inside dogs. There's moments that I, I'm like, I wouldn't mind having a cat, you know, because uh, like man, think about this last year and how much time I was having to work at home and be on Zoom. And cats aren't barking, you know. Right. So I I can I can see now why people like cats, but. Yeah. I'm not a fan of cat. That's right.
1: I'm, I'm not either. So uh, I'd probably punch a cat too, just for fun. Um, that pro- <laughs> I'm pro- that's probably awful to say, but I don't care. Oh, man. It's our podcast. Um, awesome, man. Well, I'm glad to know that you could punch out a cat. So, you know, tells us a lot with, about who you are. Punch like Punch or a kick. You there know? we go. Perfect. Perfect, bro. Uh, so, so let's hop in here. It's always awkward transitioning from that but it's all good. Um, so so let's hop in. Before we get started, let's uh, just have, have you share a little bit about who you are, uh, where, you, where you're from, where you serve, background in ministry, kind of whatever you want to share that uh, will give our listeners a little bit of perspective into who you are.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, I'm Joseph Kellogg. Uh, man, I've been in, in youth ministry uh, for almost 20 years, youth ministry and next-gen ministry. I actually started, uh, my first day was August thirteenth, two 2001. Wow. And so just to put that in perspective, that's a few years before YouTube, um, that iPod, iPod came out that fall wow. and um, wow. uh, Facebook was a few years away. And so, yeah, man, started started youth ministry and, uh, and I've served at a few churches over the years. But I currently serve as the next gen pastor at People's Church, a diverse multi-site church i uh, located in Oklahoma City. We have a few campuses in Oklahoma City and a campus in Indianapolis, Indiana. And so that's where I'm currently at. But like I said, man, uh, so this coming August, it'll be 20 years uh, that I've been in the trenches of youth ministry and, and young adult ministry. And now I, I get the opportunity to, to meet with our kids pastors and help lead them since I'm now uh, responsible for, for birth to young adults. But, uh yeah, 20 years. I've been married for 18 years. I have four kids, um, a 16-year-old, 15-year-old eleven year old and a four year old son and so three daughters and a son. And so uh yeah, man. Uh a little bit about me. Love youth ministry. I'm a student of church. And man, I, I'm one of those guys that go on church on vacation and be stealing people's bulletins and finding ideas and even though people don't do bulletins today because uh we, we're like a no touchstone in our life today. But um uh, but yeah man, student of church. Love high school football, college football and uh Play golf every once in a while and, and like to fish as well. So, man, you got you got hobbies, ministry background, um, all of it right there. I love coaching youth pastors. I love things like this. I started a conference in South Dallas five years ago called Healthy Youth Ministry Conference mm. uh, where we do everything we can to equip youth pastors to hopefully uh, help them get another lap around the track. So, yeah, that's a, that's a quick, you know, minute or two uh, snapshot of who I am. That's awesome. Uh, 20
1: years in youth ministry. That's amazing. Um, you know, we, we've, we've talked a little bit in the past about on this podcast about, um, how the average, I guess, tenure of a youth pastor uh, these days is like 18 months or something like that. Something
2: crazy. Yeah. 14 Um, to 18 months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 14, 18 months. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm month 15, 16 right now in my current role. And I'm like, I, th- I want to last longer than that, but, but before we kind of hop into our topic here, what, what have been your keys to longevity in ministry?
2: Mm. Man, that's a great question. I, it's funny. I had lunch with a guy last week and he asked me that same question. Cause I think now when people hear 20 years, like, Whoa, Whoa, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long have you been doing that? That's that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of pizza, man, because <laughs> youth ministry, you know, um, uh, And for 16 of those years, I did all nighters, which that's a good way to keep uh, you uh, wanting to, you know, like not want to do youth ministry. (laughs) Man, I I would say first would be, I think, I think your calling can sustain you in in ministry. I I think there's a lot of guys that just aren't really, if I can say it like that, I don't want somebody to be, you know, mad at me, but I've been in it long enough to say that, uh, man, your calling can sustain you through the hard times. Like this, look through scripture. Um, man, Moses faced some difficult times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Elijah faced some difficult. Just look through the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, and just take a zoom in at Paul. And it's, it's that call, um, you know, which, which in other words, be like that conviction. Man, I'm called to this. And so I, I think that can sustain you. Um, and so I think that's a part of it. I think the other thing is, is being in the word. Um, you know, we use the word burnout and and I think that you can burn out. I I think there are some ways to avoid burnout. And for me, it's been kind of stacking the wood. Um, like let's take of a little fire, a literal fire, it's like burnout, you know. So um man, stacking the wood, what's the wood? It's it's prayer and the word. And it's I know those are simple things that we teach about, but sometimes we're not about. And so I think, man, man, staying in the word, staying in prayer, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, but how does that flame continue? You have to keep stacking woods and you have to have people in your life that fan the flame. And so I think for me, uh, man, uh, like in the 20 years I've been doing this, I, I still know within my bones that I'm called to this. It's not a career, it's a calling. Um, man, I do everything I can to stay daily in the word of God uh, and prayer. And then I surround myself with people that are going to, uh, man, that are going to fan the flame and what's going on in my life. Yeah. People can either, uh, come along and squash, you know, what's going on inside of you, or they can bring life to that. And so, uh, man, I want people in my life that's, that's going to pour gasoline on what God's doing in me. And, uh, instead of, you know, the opposite of that. So yeah, I, I, man, not being prepared for that question. That would be that we're just sitting across the table and, and, uh, eating lunch or drinking coffee at a coffee shop. Man, that's probably what I'd tell you. Uh, man, stay in prayer, read the word. Man. May, it's going to be a conviction going to get you through um, the chaos and right. then uh, and surround yourself with a, 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 a biblical community. That's going to help spur you on to, to do more. Come on. So good. So good, man.
1: Awesome. So, so let's hop in here. Um, I'm excited about this topic. Um, partly because uh, the last what fifteen, fourteen, fifteen 14, 15 months have been a little crazy that uh, we have, we, you know, we have this thing called COVID and uh yeah. put all of us into to online ministry for the most part and um a little bit of uncertainty right and so i yeah. think even even now kind of looking forward to what the future might hold um you know some some places are still i've heard fully online some places are kind of this hybrid model some places are fully back in person um you know and, and so there's a lot of uncertainty right now so uh what we're talking about today is leading through uncertainty when you're not in charge. So, yeah, like what is that, what does that even look like? I mean, you know, I'm in my role. I'm a youth pastor. I've got an associate pastor above me and a lead pastor, and you know, there's there's people above me that are making decisions. So, 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 what does that even look like? I, I want to give kind of throw it over to you um, to yeah. talk a little about leading leading through uncertainty.
2: Man, I, I think that's what's interesting is because we're leading through uncertainty because we are in uncertain time. And um, even even without COVID, there's a level of uncertainty, you know, in life and leadership and in youth ministry, but COVID really did kind of um, uncork just this, this kind of chaotic scene for the church of like, man, what do we do? I and mean, right. do we have rich community? How are we doing online? You know, even for us, man, uh, at people's church, we literally that week are, are when everything kind of shut down and the world stopped, and you know, we, we literally had to get a YouTube account. And we just weren't, we just weren't there yet. And um, we had to hurry up and get there. But what, what I started realizing is as I was leading, um, I mean, you're under leadership. And so there's a decision maker, you get to make decisions, but the ultimate responsibility of the direction of your church is your lead pastor and, and possibly even that executive pastor or or that department, you know, head. And, and so you're leading the best you can, but you're also under leadership. And so I, I was just kind of processing, like, man, what are some things we can do in, in leading during, because we, we need to lead. Uh, we can't just set idle, but like leading during an uncertain time when you're not the decision maker. And uh, so, man, uh, just, just thinking through that all of us have someone, even if you're a volunteer, youth pastor, looks to this, there's someone you answer to and so the debate is like when when do we open how do we open? Um, and we're still um, like all leaders and staff are are still wearing masks um, you know in, in Oklahoma City and and we're, we're getting close I think to, to changing some of that but like there's all these kind of things that you're trying to lead through so man I, I have three kind of big ideas that then we'll break down a little bit but the first thing is, Man, leading uh, during uncertain times when you're not the decision makers, number one is fight for clarity, fight for clarity. Man, your job is to not just set and wait. It's to fight for clarity. Get clear. If you're not clear, get clear. A lot of times people's like, well, I'm just waiting for them. No, if you're uncertain, you don't want to live in uncertainty. That, that's, it's, just, it's, it's hard to live. It, it's, it's hard to leave from that place. And so do everything you can to fight for clarity. How do we do that? ask specific questions. Uh, uh, what are you not clear on? Ask why learn the history and get context that that's, that's a big part of clarity, man. What is the history, man? What is the history of decision-making, you know, and how we're, how we're leading this thing, um, become a student of your church culture, become a student of your pastor, um, or your leader, like become a student of the culture you've heard. Um, uh, you know, uh, Ducker said this, you know, like that, Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, and so, man, you have to be a culture carrier. And so the only way you can be a culture carrier is fight for clarity because culture is imperative um, to have a healthy, sustainable uh, ministry and growth. And so as you lead, because this is what's interesting. I'm going to probably say this a couple of times. Lead the way you want to be led. And so it's so funny that we'll we'll sit around sometimes. Well, my pastor and my leader, if they and they, but then we lead our people the same way. And so, man, then um, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And so, man, it, I mean, you got to protect the culture, and culture's imperative. So as you lead your volunteers uh, and your leaders, man, how are you leading culture? How are you being clear? Because that, when you're clearing your culture, it just changes everything. And a couple things: then culture must be clarified. It has to be clear. Uh, And so if you're not clear on culture, you need to to ask, like, hey, man, help me understand this. Culture must be communicated. Again, if your leader's not communicating clearly culture, man, lead up and try to get that that communication. But as you're communicating your culture to your team, man, it has to be communicated. And lastly, culture must be celebrated. Mm. Celebrate when the Mm. culture's hitting right. And so, man, I've always said this. Clarity is king. So, like, the crown. And there's a there's a fight for the throne of clarity. And, and that fight is chaos. And so the only way, um, and chaos brings confusion. And so chaos wants to be on the throne, but clarity needs to stay on the throne. And so the only way for clarity to remain on the throne uh, in, in leadership is communication. And so we have to fight for clarity. So if you're not clear, you know, hey, where are we at with, you know, let's go kind of back into COVID. Man, where are we at with opening? Man, we just don't know. Okay, cool. Now, And I'm going to talk about this a little bit here in a second when it comes to ambiguity, but you still have to fight. At least get to the point that you're going, okay, this is a preference of my leader. I know that now. Don't don't just assume. You have to fight for clarity. So when you're not the decision maker, you have to fight for clarity. And then man, when you get that clarity and you get a, a better understanding of culture, man, why don't you be a culture carrier, protect that culture and, and, and do everything you can to help others understand the culture, communicate it and celebrate it the best you can. So number one, fight for clarity. Man, that's uh, the, the second thing, that's if you're good. Cool
1: let me, me, moving yeah, on. Let me hop in yeah. real quick. I, I think you kind of already answered the question a little bit. Um, well, the first question that kind of popped in my head was, uh, you know, if you have a lack of clarity, how do you even how do you even begin to find that clarity? And I, you know, you 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 pretty much answered it, I, I believe. Um, you know, ask questions, find out the culture, find, you know, ask why, all that. But but I guess w- one of the things I want to ask is, and this might be something you hit on at some point, um, if there if you disagree over the lack of once you have a lack of clarity and you there you know you disagree with whatever it is, how do you even begin to I guess kind of clear the air or, um, you you know, um, I guess I'm thinking through, I'm thinking through instances where I've had in the past, some, you know, uh, I I don't see eye to eye with, with my leader. What do you, what do you suggest kind of doing in that instance? Dang. No, you're good. You're good. You're good.
2: You there, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do we start all the way over? No, you're good. So i going.
1: I'll, uh, I'll pick up back at my uh, back at my, qu- my kind of follow-up question.
2: Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened there. No, you're good. Um, oh, so you could just stop it. You could just pause it. And then like pretty much you started asking a question. I haven't responded yet. So you yeah, can literally got yeah. you. Cool. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go back to.
2: Uh, and how do you like. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Here we go.
1: All right so so I guess my follow up question here um you know you kind of already answered the one part about uh you know if you have a lack of clarity um you, you ask questions you um you you find out what the culture is ask why all all that you know but but what if after finding out you know here's what here here's the reasons why we do what we do you get some clarity and and you have a disagreement with whatever that decision is is it just as simple as submitting to the authority i mean obviously you have to you know you submit to the authority in that case but how do you how do you kind of run with that after the fact
2: you know mm-hmm. man that's that's a great question because ultimately like hey i got clarity but i disagree with the clarity is that ultimately what yeah. you're saying yeah yeah and and this is what's crazy is there should be a little bit of disagreement um and that that's yeah. such as with theology says man that there's like there. Like there has to be a place of disagreement, but sometimes pastors um, and certain leaders don't embrace that that mm. tension. Yeah. And so it, it's not just about submitting. I think it's okay to say, "Hey, so uh, like follow up questions." Okay, so you told me this. So then this is how this is how that hit me. And if you could create kind of like almost um, playing catch, if you could create that, like, "Hey, can yeah. we just throw this back and forth?" I just need to get some more clarity. And and really I, I think that leads to my my second my second point to be honest with you kind yeah. of answers it. So we fight for clarity, but the second thing we have to do is we have to lead with grace through ambiguity. Yeah. So there actually has to be this grace for your leader. And there there's this grace that you extend to go, man, I don't fully agree, but I have to give him the grace because the the way of the church, this local church is on him. Yes, we know the weight's on Christ, but when it comes to the full responsibility of that organization, it's on that lead pastor or that department's on it. So, so yes, fight for clarity. But then when you get the clarity and you're like, man, I don't, I don't fully agree. You have to step back and go, man, I have to extend grace where, where it's kind of confusing. And I have to go, I have to, I have to lead through this, even though this might be a preference from my leader that I might not fully, um, grasp. I have to, I have to submit to his leadership and not like this. I know that can get a mess to use the word submit in mm-hmm. 21st century, but, yeah. um, uh, there is this, like I'm under, uh, his leadership and, yeah. and I have to trust him. And that's, and trust is currency in, in church leadership and in any, any relationship, And so I fight for clarity, but man, when, when maybe I don't fully agree or it's still unclear, you know, man, I have to lead with grace through ambiguity. I have to have grace for my leader, the same grace again, that I would love extended to me because I know sometimes I miss it and people don't agree with me. So I I might have a limited perspective. And so uncertain time uncertain is just that we aren't certain. And so Think about what a leader has led through in this last year and a half. Yeah. Yes. In our ministries, we've been leading through some ambiguity and through some uncertainty, but man, our lead pastors, um, cause not just how crazy COVID has been, but how sensitive our culture has been with, with, uh, with politics and, um, and how, how, how crazy it's been with the race tension in our nation. And so, there's a lot of weight that your lead pastors, senior pastors carrying. So we have to extend grace. Um, and as it, they hopefully seek the face of God and get answers. And so right. um, and lead, lead with grace through ambiguity. Now, grace doesn't mean passive. Like, don't be passive as a leader. Man, I want to lead with what I call grace-filled grit. Man, I, I still want to be a gritty leader, but I want to be grace-filled. I, I, I don't want to be an angry leader. I, I don't want to be you know, all upset because it's not my way. And that's what's tough is, man, you have to have grace for your leader um, because the same grace that you'd want extended to you. And so, um, man, uncertainty, it's going to cause us that man, we have to lead through grace, uh, you know, lead with grace through ambiguity and, and, man, reject passivity, but lead with grace through uh, ambiguity. Uh, lead out of principle, not frustration. So sometimes our feelings get in the way, and we do have feelings, But man, let's, let's step back and respond instead of react and, and have that conversation. And if, if you don't have that trust yet, because this is the thing about influence, um, man, influence is like, like a a plane and people that have influence over you you have influence over others, uh, influence is is like a plane. There's two wings to the plane and one of them is relationship. Another one's respect. And so sometimes I mean, you might not fully like like your pastor might not fully have influence on you because you just don't have a relationship with him yet or vice versa. Maybe someone that you're following, they just they need you need build, to build time um, to have that, that relationship and respect in there as well. And so, man, um, lead out of principle, not frustration. And just know that that adaptability helps us lead to ambiguity. And so adaptability helps us lead to ambiguity. And understanding that, and the Lord gave me that statement in the middle of COVID, COVID because, um, I don't know what COVID is, but COVID, um, <laughs> the vids, as I call them, um, lead out of, like, like adaptability, be flexible. Man, I, I don't know if you've ever been on a, a, a mission trip, but man, that's the number one thing when you go on a mission trip. You get everybody in there, like, guys, listen, we got to be flexible. You know, we, we kind of, um, you know, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken, right? But there's that same thing when you're leading and you're under leadership. Man, I got to be flexible. I got to be adaptable. And that's going to, my adaptability is going to help me lead through ambiguity. And so, man, that, that would be probably the, the second thing to me, leading during an uncertain time. Man, we're going to lead different times. And you got to fight for clarity and you got to lead with grace through ambiguity. That's and so uh, before we hit the third one, man, you got any other thoughts there?
1: No, that, that's so good. I just want to go back to one point you just, one point you said earlier, um, you you said uh, we need to respond and not react. And I think that's so important. Even like, you know, you mentioned how, how everything even like politically is like, it has been crazy. Yeah. Like the natural response of everyone right now is to react. Um, and I think our people need us to, not just react to things, but respond. So I think that's that's key. Love that. And
2: how we respond is this: uh, we respond um, not out of our opinion, but out of strong orthodoxy. We respond out of out of what God's Word says, that's so and good. and this you know strong dogma. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's our response. And our reaction is when we're in our feelings. Think about it just um, reality. Like as a dad, yeah. when I react, it's, it's when I'm in my feelings. I, dude, I had a moment um, this last week with our youth pastor that wasn't a moment. And I had to like, back myself out of it, had to apologize and even use the word, guys, I reacted and didn't respond. And so because I just came in um, to a meeting that was already going. And I had a moment that I reacted because I didn't have the context. And so I reacted instead of responded in a hundred percent reaction man, In cancel culture. Uh, reaction will get you, you know, rejected every time. And you have to really yeah. think through that. And man, I'm a part of a church that's very diverse. And our, our lead pastor, Herbert Cooper, man, he is, he always speaks this, but he's like, man, we're going to be bridge builders. So you have to think to yourself, even as you're responding and react, you know, are, am I, am I building a bridge or am I building a barrier? And so, yeah. man, Jesus came and he built bridges and, and not, you know, but that bridges were built with strong orthodoxy. It wasn't just like his opinion. He, Jesus quoted scripture. And so, yeah. um, it's it just really, man, as we lead, yes, um, respond, don't react. And I'm, I am guilty, guilty, guilty. I've, I've, I've reacted and sent emails. I shouldn't have sent, um, man, I've been doing this 20 years. So I've had many of, reactions that have uh caused me to have conversations and this is what i know too i'm an enneagram eight and i found myself um i have to apologize a lot (laughs) because sometimes i react and instead of respond so man i'm glad that you kind of we we zoomed into that but yeah that that is um in my adaptability leading through ambiguity the, the worst things to react to that um, man, is it, it's, it's your, your pastor needs you to respond and be like, Hey, I don't get it, but I'll follow you. It's I don't good. fully understand. Um, but I'll be under leadership. And, and I think that's, that's imperative for us to, um, as we follow and, and God's going to bless yeah. that too. Yeah, absolutely. So good, man. So good. Awesome. Well, number three, man. Uh, so I'll hit him again. I, I'm i I'm such a preacher, man. We're going to, man, leading through uncertainty. Uh, and anyway, when you're not the decision maker, fight for clarity, lead with grace through ambiguity. And lastly, control what you can control. Can I get a witness control what you can control? And, and literally we we've heard, you know, John Gordon's a great, uh, author, great sports author. Um, I've been working for the last 20 years. Um, I'm actually going in my 21st season that I've been working with student athletes, uh, specifically football players. And so, uh, man, even over the last 10 weeks, I've been, uh, in, in our football locker room. Um, it's it, one of the high schools that I work with, uh, here in Oklahoma city. And, uh, and just talking to them about, you know, like these kind of sports principles and what they really mean. And something we say in, in locker rooms is something that we need to say, um, you know, in our, in our leadership venues as well It's like control, you can control what can you control your attitude, your effort, you can control those things. So even though I'm a little unclear where we're headed, I'm fighting for clarity. I'm going to continue to have grace through ambiguity, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to control what I can control. And so man, control the controllable, uh, lead others the way you want to be led. I said, I was going to repeat that a couple of times. And remember you reap what you sow. So man, we are in control of our effort. Um, we're in control of I mean what we're doing. So it's like, man, I, I got a little bit of clarity. That's enough for me to lead. And this is what I think, you know, in sports world, we're like give a hundred percent. Um, but God talks about that. He says to love the Lord God with all a double L all, all your heart. And, and he was talking about giving a hundred percent. And so that's not just great in a locker room. Man, again, it's something that we need to, to be living out. And so I, I just I wrote a couple thoughts down and what's it look like to give a hundred percent? Cause you control, what you can control, so you can control your attitude and your effort. And so that effort, that hundred percent effort you're in control of that. Your pastor's not in control of that. Um, and you're in control of that. And, and so, uh, man, what's it look like? It, it, man, it comes down to hunger. Uh, man, man, am I hungry? Uh, I love this this quote by Russell Westbrook, which he's my current favorite basketball player. Um, I know he left the Thunder, but, man, he left on good terms. And you can't lead the league in, uh, in triple-doubles, uh, something that probably won't be broken for another 50 years. You can't do that without some effort. And this dude gives effort. And he said this quote, he said, I'm never satisfied. I'm always trying to get better and learn from my mistakes. Dude, that speaks of a hunger, a hunger to learn, stay hungry uh, to learn. Uh, Every day is a classroom. Hunger is a mindset. Have a hunger for more of Jesus. Like I'm in control of my hunger and my desire. And so, man, what's it take to give hundred percent effort? it takes hunger. It takes a hunger. And uh, second, it takes some hustle. I I love this quote. And a lot of people have quoted it, but the first person I ever heard say it was Jeremy Foster. And he said, man, like we're responsible for the hustle. God's responsible for the harvest. And so, man, it's going to take some hustle. Like I'm in control of my effort. Hey, I don't know the direction, but I have a little bit of direction. And so I I can control my hustle because a lot of times we're like, well, I'm unclear. And so we don't move. Um, you know, like no action is an action. And so, man, we have to hustle. The third thing, when it comes to giving a hundred percent effort is heart. It's heart. Michael Jordan, greatest of all time, the GOAT. I know some listeners on here might like LeBron. That, that's the one thing about being in ministry for 20 years okay. is all these, all these youngsters, man, they all about LeBron, King James, yeah. LeBron James. And, uh, I'm old school. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, but but he said this, he said, heart is what separates good from great. And I would say the same thing applies to youth ministry um, and youth pastors and youth leaders. Heart is what separates good from great. I know a lot of leaders that look the part, but don't have the heart because you can wear the sneakers. You can wear the, you can have the fit, uh, but it doesn't mean you have the heart. And so man, man, have that effort. And the last one is humility, be a leader, control what you can control but lead with humility um lead with a limp um i am in my masters right now with south uh, eastern and uh a uh, j soboda um is my systematic theology teacher and he said this and, and it just it, it's profound there's so much more to unpack on this and we don't have time but he says until a, a preacher has gone through suffering they will preach the theology of glory but when they walk through suffering they'll preach the theology of the cross and he said, embrace God even wow. when he doesn't make sense. If you do that in your life, you will preach and lead differently. And I love that. Embrace God even when it when he doesn't make sense. And so, like, to me, when I look at this last year and a half, man, I still have to just embrace God. Man, I, I'm not fully, I don't understand everything that's going on in my leader. I'm just going to embrace God e- even when it doesn't all make sense. And so I'm going to control what I can control. Man, so that that's just huge. And then, dude, th- there's all sorts of practical ways. Give clear communication, clear expectation. You know, try to, if you don't have those, get those. But, man, anyway, I just think it really comes down to um, control what you can control. Uh, dude, it's going to, we're going to lead to uncertainty. Fight for clarity. You know, lead with grace to ambiguity. Control what you can control. I gave you four H's there and some ways to, to control that effort and give a hundred percent effort. And man, it, I, I know there's a couple uh, more things that I, I know that you want to talk about, but I'll just kind of leave with this is man in this time and, and really in all time, we should have been doing this, but, and don't compare to other churches. That a, that will mess you up quick. Um, and is not the time to compare and compete. I don't know if any time is going to tie, but now is not the time to compare and compete, but it's time to celebrate and collaborate. A podcast like this, this is collaboration. Celebrate one another. We're better together. And as leaders, because sometimes you're under leadership and you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, connect with other youth pastors in your community. Find a community. It doesn't matter denomination or creed, man, find a community um, and you can do life together. Avoid isolation uh, because man, isolation is a playground for temptation. So do everything you can and, and I'll leave you with this verse in, in first uh, Chronicles 1232. And this is my prayer um, for all of us as leaders, as we kind of lead and navigate uncertainty is uh, it says this from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the time and knew the best course for Israel to take. And that's, uh, that's, that's us as leaders, man, Lord, help us understand the signs of the time and know the best course to take. as we lead our students and we lead our leaders, uh, to experience Jesus like they never have before. So, man, wow. uh, everyone listening, you got this. Don't give up. Galatians six nine. Uh, man, keep fighting for clarity. Uh, man, give grace to others when you when you're unclear, because there's going to be ambiguity. There was ambiguity before COVID. And there's going to be ambiguity afterwards. Yeah. And when it all comes down to it, you as a leader control what you can control. For 20 years, man, I made that decision. I can control my effort. I can control when I go to schools and try to try to impact students. I can control how much I'm in a community. I can control, um, man, my time uh, with Jesus, my, my time in, in Scripture. I control that. No one else controls that. And I believe if you do those things, um, you're going to have an impact, um, even as you might not be, uh, e- even though you're not the main decision maker in your church. Wow. That was good. I love that.
1: Real quickly, before we, before we kind of close things out, I I want, I wanted to hit on this real quick. Um, You know, I I love the whole control what you can control. And I think it takes a weight off of uh, my shoulders. And I feel like it's going to take a weight off other people's shoulders too. Um, You know, at some point in ministry, you're going to, you're going to fail at some point. You're going to have an event that completely flops you're gonna you're gonna upset a parent you're gonna upset a student whatever it is you're something is going to happen um and i think controlling what you can control takes that weight off
2: yeah i love that well even i i I spent more time on the effort side of control you control but attitude is a big part of that as well man like absolutely um Dude. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I said that quote from, uh, from Russell Westbrook, you know, and, and he just says, man, I've never satisfied he said I'm trying to get better. And I think that's, that's a big thing is, man, how are you as a leader trying to get better? And what are you doing to get better? Like right now, you know, I, I'm about to turn 40 years old and, um, like literally it's, it's one of those things that dude, I'm not satisfied. I want to get better, man. I, I'm on a health journey right now, where I'm losing weight and, and doing everything I can to, to kind of prepare for my second half of life, um, dude. I, I'm i I have a counselor, dude. I, I'm and I want to be strong mentally. I'm in the middle of of um, getting my master's degree, and so you're like, and I have four kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm leading multiple leaders. Uh, we have this conference, and, and to me, it's my desire to con- like. I want to get better. I, I want to, cause the pioneer and, and every listener on here, man, youth pastors, youth leaders, you're a pioneer. And so, man, we are, we are not called to, you know, um, uh, to like bunker down, but take new ground. We're we're called the pioneer. We're called to be pioneers, but to pioneer, you have to have a, a sharp ax. And yeah. so I just want to continue to keep my ax sharp. Um, you know, before the the train tracks were laid across America, Um, you know, yes, the tracks come before the train, but before the tracks, trees had to be cleared and and there's guys out there with axes cutting those trees down. And so if you as a leader want to go to where no one's ever gone before, which we should have that kind of belief because that's, you know, our God that that he can do exceedingly more than we can think or imagine, then man, you have to do everything you can to, to sharpen your ax. Simply put, control what you can control. Yeah. No, like you're responsible uh, for your, your spiritual health. You're responsible for your physical health. You're responsible for your mental health. Do everything you can to, to sharpen that so that God can use you so that you can make a bigger impact to see more people know him and, 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 and grow in him. That's, that's what we're called to do. It's that deep conviction inside of us. And so I think when you become apathetic, you know, cause you can either choose apathy or action. And when you become at, you know, and, and it's easy to get in that, I, I think uh, especially during this, we can kind of become numb and man, when you're in that, that's a, that's a sign, a downward, downward sign that you haven't been in your word, man, that you haven't, you haven't been surrounding yourself with other people and you become, you know, you're just lost in a bajillion episodes of Netflix. And it's okay to have a, you know, a hobby and jump on Netflix from time to time. But you know what I'm talking about when you're in that place, you've realized, Dude, I, I've become dull. I haven't, um, in, which, and to get sharp, it takes friction. And so anyway, I'm preaching a, a small little sermon here, but it's just one of the things of like, dude, I just believe it to my core. But man, your attitude, that goes attitude's tethered to like that response and how we respond is connected to our attitude. And, and to be honest with you, dude, I've blown it a couple of times, uh, because of my own selfishness, my own pride that when I reacted, it's, it's, I, I was in control of that reaction. No one forced me to react that way. And, um, and I realized in those places, it's, man, I wasn't in a good place. And so I had that, man, man, when was the last time I spent time with my father and when was the last time that man, I I was, um, in community with someone that I can be open and transparent. So all that stuff is important. That's, that's what it comes down to controlling what you can control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so key. So good, man. Um, Hey, let's, before we close out, we ask all of our guests to share three to five minutes here at the end, just kind of what the Lord's speaking to you in this season it could be related to what we just talked about. It could be something totally different. So if you just want to go ahead and do that, um, we're, we're a firm believer that, uh, whatever God is speaking to you can be beneficial for someone else. So.
2: Yeah, man, I think, I, I think I shared a little bit right there is, um, I don't know what it is. Certain birthdays kind of hits you in different ways. I I don't think that like forties the new thirty like all forty's forty, is 40. Um, but I, and I always say like Justin uh, Timberlake and I have like we're born in the same year and so I'm like dude as long as Justin Justin Timberlake's cool I'm cool you know that's right uh, he's JT I'm JK you know <laughs> hey hey you know bye 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 right and so um, I, it's, it's one of those things of like. I, I literally do see like and the Lord has been speaking to, this, to me and, and sometimes he uses people. He uses like, man, I, I read the book. i um, actually listened to it and it was a phenomenal. Listen, uh, the book "Win the day by Mark Batterson and it just, um, it was like there's certain books that kind of have an appointment with you in your yeah. season of life. And Mark Batterson is one of my favorite authors, super practical book, but, but ultimately like, man, are you, are you paying the price? Are you counting the cost or Are you winning the day? And and I think about, you know, I'm 40 and I've experienced a lot of awesome stuff in ministry. And we've raised up some incredible leaders, uh, man, over the years, literally, uh, uh, over a hundred former students and interns are in full-time ministry around the world. And, uh, and that's legacy impact. And I'm thankful for that, but I just, I just know that I'm not done. God still has more in me. And so I just think that we should always be in a season of preparation. We're preparing for what God has for us. Um, and in that preparation for what's next, it's going to impact what God's doing in us now. And so, to me, um, that's that's why I've kind of gotten aggressive with man. How am I? How am I living my life, man? How am I living my best life uh, to make the greatest kingdom impact? Because I just I just want to step, uh, I want to stand before God and hear Him say those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And there's so many things that we could take the time to break those words apart, man. I, I did well. I did a good job that I finished. We have a lot of starters. He didn't say well started. He said, well done. Right. Well done. And uh, so my finish line's heaven. And so I, I think that's, man, what the Lord's really speaking to me He's like, man, Joseph, uh, man, stop waiting, stop waiting for one day. And what are you going to do today? And so, and as I speak to you right now, dude, I came into this year, uh, I've lost 50 pounds this year and I've been aggressive wow. about that because to me, it's not about weight loss and fit. It's a, it's about healthy, man. I want to be the healthy version of myself because I want to finish the race and God has more in me, you know, man, I, I, dude, it's, it's, can I tell you all this stuff I'm talking about comes with a price there's a price to a health journey. Dude, that $150 an hour I pay for counseling is a price. Dude, right. I'm paying personally for my master's. There's a price. And so there's a price to growth. And what I've realized is why a lot of leaders um, may just never get to that point of becoming kind of like this leader worth multiplying. Uh, and this, this great leader is that leaders aren't willing to pay the price. Jesus talked about that. Um, and so I guess what the Lord is speaking to me is, man, continue to pay the price. And, uh, and if I never get compensated here on earth for the price I'm paying now, I know that I'm going to be compensated in heaven. And so, man, to God be the glory. Um, I want to do everything I can to, uh, to live out his story, man.
1: Wow. So good, man. This has been such a good, such a good podcast, man. Um, rock solid. Uh, and I forgot to mention this to you prior, but we, we give all of our guests a nickname at the very end. Okay. Okay. Nice. So, uh, I've been sitting on it and I just hinted at it. Okay. Uh, this, the, like I said, this has all been rock solid, man. So your new nickname is Joseph the rock. All right, man. Come on.
2: Yes. I love it. I love it. You know what the rock is cooking. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> I love it, man. Hey man, uh, before, um, before we officially close out, uh, could you just give a shameless plug your social media? Where can people find you kind of, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I'm a big believer in publishing your story, and so I feel like every day of my life documentary. And, and I don't do that for uh, for for um, for myself. I do that to tell the story. I've had young men that haven't had fathers said, "Man, just seeing um, fatherhood through through your story is has been impactful." And so, I and a big reason, dude, I did not. I told you when I started youth ministry we didn't have social media. It didn't exist. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, we get to tell our story for free. What? Yeah. Uh, for free. And so anyway, uh, at Joseph Kellogg, uh, two L's, two G's and Kellogg, just like the cereal, uh, is my Instagram. I have a Twitter. I don't even have it on my phone. I haven't tweeted in forever. Um, but man, I do on Instagram. I post uh, on my feed. I, I post stories and, um, and man, you can DM me there and check that out as well. And then, um, and then HYM conference, it's not up to date, but uh, we do have a conference coming up in the fall, um, that we do every year. And so HYM conference is the, uh, the other, uh, Instagram handle, but, but at Joseph Kellogg, there it is, man.
1: Awesome, man. Hey, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate it. And I know our guests are going to get a lot out of this. So, uh, awesome, man. much appreciated. So, uh, Youth Ministry United Nation. Until next time, have a great week. Hey, youth pastors, don't you love how ministry is easy? How every week is the exact same, how you only have to focus on one thing all week. There's always plenty of resources to go around to your youth ministry. Now, obviously, that's a bit of a joke, but hopefully your logo is not. Bright Cole Creative is on a mission to fix bad branding in the church. Now, Josh has spent a lot of time on staff. He's, he's spent time volunteering at churches and spent the last decade working at an advertising agency. So if you'd like to see some of the work that he does, go to brightcoal.com. That's dot com slash logos. Or if you need some lunch break entertainment today, check out his logo review series on YouTube at Grade My Logo with Bright Cole.